turning together for our Bible reading to the Gospel of John and to the chapter 6, the Gospel of John and to the 6th chapter. Going to move down that chapter for the verse 28 is where we take up our reading. John chapter 6 and the verse 28. And here the Lord is in conversation uh, with the Jews. John 6 verse 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you, that ye also have seen me, and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. 
Amen. We learn there at verse 48, may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Let me be. Amen. Turning once again to God's precious word, and we're looking at the portion of scripture that we have read together uh, from John's gospel and the chapter 6. John's gospel and the chapter 6. And it is a tremendous chapter in God's Word. And I want to draw our attention this morning to the words found in verse 35. John chapter 6 and the verse 35 is my text. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And here we can see that great claim from the Lord Jesus Christ. I am the bread of life. Let's unite together for a brief word of prayer and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word this morning. Our gracious God and our loving Father, we do thank thee for the scriptures of truth we rejoice, O God, that thy word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And thou art able to take up that word today and send it forth in the power and in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. And we pray, our Father, that each one would be shut into thy presence, that we would have listening ears, we would have an understanding heart, that every Christian would be strengthened and encouraged in the Lord, built up in their most holy and precious faith. And if there be any, our Father, who were outside of the Savior, that thou wouldst use thy word to speak to their heart, and thou wouldst bring the wandering ones to the Savior. Hear our prayer. Give us help now in the ministry of thy word. We ask these things. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, last Lord's Day morning, we considered together that great name that was given of the Lord in Exodus chapter 3 and the verse 14. And the Lord speaking to Moses said, I am that I am, the divine name of the Lord. He is the eternal I am. And as we considered that name together last Lord's Day, we noticed a revelation of God because that name gives to us a revelation of God. It teaches us something of his person. It teaches us about his attributes. It teaches us about his character. And of course, that great divine name, I am, is the name Jehovah, a revelation of God. But that name also teaches us a reverence for God. For when we get some comprehension of who God is, and we think about that divine name, we're drawn to reverence the Lord, to have that godly fear within our hearts as to who the Lord is. Of course, that third commandment teaches us to reverence the name of the Lord. Thou shalt not take the name 
of the Lord thy God in vain. And so that great name, I am that I am, the revelation of God and the reverence for God, but also it teaches us of that relationship with God. Because that name Jehovah is the name by which the Lord would make himself known to his people. It's the name by which the Lord would enter into that covenant with his people. Whereby he would be their God and they would be his people. And so that name speaks to us about relationship with God. We finished last time by looking into the New Testament and by looking into John's Gospel. And some of the verses we looked at in John's Gospel shows us that the Lord Jesus Christ used that title. He used the divine name, I Am. And of course, that was a very bold statement for the Lord to make. And those who heard the Savior make the statement, they knew exactly what the Lord was claiming. Over a couple of pages in your Bible to John's Gospel, chapter 8, and you can see again those verses that we referred to in John 8 and the verse 24. I said, therefore, unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am. And the word he there is in italics, and we indicated it was not therefore in the original. For if ye believe not that I am, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. And so the Lord Jesus Christ was taking upon himself that divine title, I am. Looking further down, John chapter 8 to the verse 58, as the conversation continues, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. When the Lord Jesus Christ made that great claim and he said, I am, those who heard him make that claim immediately took up stones to cast at him because Jesus Christ was claiming to be God. And he could make that claim rightly and justly because Jesus Christ is God. Over in John chapter 18, when it came to the arrest of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see another example of the Lord making that claim upon the divine name. And in John chapter 18 and the verse 4, Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and saith unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am, they went backward and fell to the ground. And here's the Lord Jesus Christ uttering 
that title, the divine name. And he says, I am. And to demonstrate his power and to show his person as to who he claims to be, they went backward and they fell to the ground at the great claim of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am. That claim of the Savior, while it is taught throughout the Bible and it is taught in the other Gospels, it appears highlighted in the Gospel of John. And the Lord Jesus Christ uses that title, I Am. And then we also learn exclusively in John's Gospel that he adds to that title as he makes a number of divine claims. And here in our text of Scripture is one of those claims. It's the first one in the Gospel of John. John 6 and 35, I am the bread of life. Then in John 8, and the verse 12, the Lord will say, I am the light of the world. And then in John 10, and the verse 9, he will say, I am the door. And in that same chapter, John 10, and the verse 11, he will say, I am the good shepherd. In John 11 and the verse 25, he will say, I am the resurrection and the life. In John 14 and the verse 6, he will say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And in John 15 and the verse 1, he will say, I am the true vine. And these claims of the Savior that continue through the gospel of John, where the Lord says, I am. I'm sure that everyone would be aware that these claims of Christ are depicted on the windows down each side of the church here. Each of those claims with the text of Scripture to go with them. And the claim of Christ that we're dealing with this morning in John 6 and 35 is depicted on the window at the very back on my left-hand side. It was presented by William and Margaret Alexander and family. And it has this text of Scripture that I want us to consider for just a short time together this morning. I am the bread of life. As we think about that claim, I want you to notice firstly the source of this bread. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I am. I am the bread of life. The source of the bread, the Savior is likening himself to bread. And bread is part of the staple diet of individuals, I would say, in every country, if not almost every country of the world. And what bread is to the body, the Savior claims to be to the soul. And what bread does for the body, the Savior does for the soul. And he says, I am the bread. He's the source of that bread because he himself is the bread. So we've indicated in our Bible reading, there was the conversation here with the Jews. And they have made reference to the Lord giving them a sign. And they made reference to the manna that was received by their forefathers in Old Testament times. 
And you look there in our Bible reading in the verse 31, and they said, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And they speak to the Lord about this bread from heaven, the manna. Notice how the Lord replies in verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. You think about it, they're speaking about bread from heaven. And the Savior is saying that the Father gives true bread from heaven. And he's speaking about himself. You see verse 33, For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth light, life unto the world. And so there's bread from heaven, and it's the true bread from heaven. And in verse 33, it's called the bread of God. The bread of God which came down from heaven. And they're saying to the Lord in verse 34, O Lord, evermore give us this bread. When they heard about this bread, the true bread that comes down from heaven, the bread of God, they're saying, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And the Lord comes with the words of her text in verse 35, and he says, I am the bread, he himself. You see the claim of Christ there? I am the bread. And he goes on in the verse 38 to say, For I came down from heaven. What a claim that is. You know, that's very strong proof for us of the pre-existence of the Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't come into existence when he came into the world. The Lord Jesus Christ existed before the world even began. And he says, I came down from heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ was there in heaven. He was with the Father. He was with the Spirit, the blessed three in one. And you can follow the line of teaching that the Savior is saying, I came down from heaven and I am the bread. He came down from heaven not to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him. And he came down from heaven to be that true bread. He came down from heaven to be that necessary bread. That necessary bread for the soul of man. And we have indicated that John's gospel, more than any of the other three gospels, John's gospel indicates to us and highlights the deity, the divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ from the very opening lines of John's gospel there in John chapter 1. And he says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word, that's the title that is given of the Savior. The Word. And the Word of John chapter 1 is the bread of John chapter 6. 
and what John says of the Word there in that very first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word. The Word was God. Here is a full, matchless statement on the divinity of Christ, that Jesus Christ, the Word, is God, his everlasting person. He was there not only in the beginning, but he was there before the beginning. He was there in the beginning because he was the great creator, the eternal word, the eternal logos. The word was God. And so Jesus Christ is not in any way inferior to the Father. Jesus Christ was not a created being. He was not just in the form of God, but rather Jesus Christ is God. He's the one who came down from heaven as the bread of life to our souls. The source of the bread But I want you to think, secondly, about the sustenance of the bread, because that's really what the bread illustrates. I am the bread of life, life. And that bread there that to the body physically is that nourishment that will uh, give to the body that sustenance. Oh, we can see how the Lord Jesus Christ is that bread of life. And spiritually, he comes to fulfill and to meet that spiritual hunger within the soul of man. The soul of man is famished. The the soul of man is starving because of sin. And there are the longings and the desires and the cravings of man's heart. That hungry soul And I'll tell you, the world will never fill that void. The world will never meet that hunger. The Savior alone provides to the soul that eternal sustenance. He is that life-giving bread, just the similar way to the life-giving water that the gospel would speak of. The Lord supplies the wants of man those spiritual needs of man. That life is met in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Only he can supply it. There is no other. Notice it's singular. He says, I am. I am the bread of life. No one else can take his place. No one else can make that claim. And if the Lord Jesus Christ is not God, then he's an imposter who would make such a claim in John 6 and 35. But Christ is the bread. And he is the bread of life. He gives that life to needy souls. But you think of how the bread became bread. How is bread made? Well, you have to have the wheat grain. And the wheat grain will be harvested. And then the grain will have to be taken to the mill in order to be ground. Ground down into flour. 
And you can think of the grinding there of the grain and how it's going to be crushed in order to be made into flour. And then that flour is going to be taken along with other ingredients and it's going to be put into the oven and it's going to be baked in the oven. And all that that grain has to go through in order to become bread. And the context of her passage refers to the manna in the wilderness. You know, they didn't just lift the manna and eat it. it. Tells us in Numbers chapter 11 and the verse 8, and the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans, and made cakes of it, and the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. And so when the manna fell, they didn't just lift the manna and eat it. They had to take the manna. They gathered it, they ground it, they beat it, and they baked it, all to make the bread, the cakes of bread. The Lord Jesus Christ said, I am the bread. The Lord Jesus Christ was taken, and he was bruised, and he was baked. He suffered the wrath of God at Calvary. Voluntarily, the Lord Jesus Christ entered into the oven of the wrath of God. And what the Lord Jesus Christ endured for us as he suffered upon the accursed tree. And therefore he's the one who alone is able to say, I am the bread. The bread of life. The true bread. The bread that came down from heaven. And giveth life unto the world. You look down the chapter 6 of John's gospel. We didn't read as far as verse 51, but the Lord there says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. And the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself and he gave his flesh. And the Lord Jesus himself is that bread that is able to give life to all who will come to him. That they shall live forever. It's eternal life. It's everlasting life. I am the bread of life, the Lord says. The source of the bread, the sustenance of the bread. Thirdly, the satisfaction of the bread. Our text of Scripture, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. He that cometh and he that believeth will be satisfied. Oh, those desires, those cravings of the natural man, those sensual appetites, those longings within a man's soul, they will never be satisfied in this world. But oh, to come to the Lord Jesus Christ and to believe on him, the Lord says, He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one 
It can give that satisfaction. Individuals will search for it everywhere, and they'll search for it in the world, and they'll crave after the things of this world. And oh, whenever they look to the things of the world, there's pleasure for a season, but there is no true, lasting satisfaction where the Lord says, you'll never hunger. If you come to me, you'll never hunger. Those who seek after the things of the world for their pleasure, for their happiness and looking for satisfaction, oh, they hunger again and they thirst again. But when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll never hunger again and you'll never thirst again. That doesn't mean you'll never become aware of your deficiencies. It doesn't mean you'll never become aware of your imperfections. But it does mean that the Savior will supply for a man's soul that peace and satisfaction that shall never entirely depart from him. But in every situation and circumstance and trial of life, he will know that peace within his heart that satisfies his soul, knowing that he's shut in with the Savior. The true believer will never die of a spiritual famine because the Lord will always supply their need. That's the promise that the Lord has given. He has demonstrated it in this chapter of his word. In the beginning, the first section of the chapter 6, you have the feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 men beside women and children. There in John 6 and the verse 12, it says, when they were filled, when they were filled, Oh, the Lord is able to fill the hungry soul. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. And you see how the Lord was able to supply. Oh, there it was literally for their physical and their bodily need. But they were filled. And the Lord goes on in this chapter to show how he can meet that need spiritually. And he's saying, I am the bread of life. And if you come to me, you'll never hunger. You'll never hunger. Coming and believing. It's the two things there in verse 35. And they're really synonyms. They mean one and the same thing. To come to the Lord Jesus Christ is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ is to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Coming is the soul's movement to the Savior. You're being drawn by the Holy Spirit of God. And believing is that act of faith whereby you embrace the Lord by faith. You accept him as your Lord and Savior as he's freely offered in the gospel. And if you have never, if you've never come to Christ, you've never believed on him to the salvation of your soul, oh, come today. Come right now. Just open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be satisfied. 
The psalmist said he satisfies the longing soul. He fills the hungry soul with goodness. In our Christian lives, we by faith, we feed upon Christ. We feed upon him. We fellowship with him. The prayer that the Lord taught his disciples, one of the petitions was, give us each day our daily bread. And though that can be provision for our bodily needs, but surely there's that spiritual food. There's that true bread. There's that bread of God, the bread that comes down from heaven, the bread of God's holy word. And we would be saying, give us this day our daily bread. Feed us on thy precious word and nourish our hearts and enrich our souls. We would partake of Christ each and every day. And just as bread taken for the body will strengthen physically, so as we partake and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that's our spiritual food and will be strengthened spiritually. We'll be satisfied. But you see, as we think today about that bread, just in closing, you could think of a table spread And on that table, you could see lovely bread upon it. Bread that you would desire. And you would admire it. And you can see how how lovely it looks. But it will not do you any good whatsoever. Unless you actually take that bread. And you sample that bread. And you, you eat that bread. And you taste that bread. And oh, you would say, it's, it's good to taste. God's word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Though that today we each one would partake and we would know the Lord Jesus Christ to be the bread of life to each of our souls.